one. This podcast may contain spoilers from whatever TV show or movie is mentioned. Please listen at your own discretion. Welcome to viewers and others. Ladies and gentlemen, you are now tuned in to one of the greatest podcasts. That's right, I said it. Greatest podcast in America. What's playing in your ears right now is some of the greatest stuff you will ever hear. Two of the greatest voices you will ever hear. I'm talking about all across all platforms. Coming soon to a YouTube near you. On Spotify. On Apple. And some other stuff. That's right. This is the Viewers Anonymous podcast. I am Scoots Bronson. I am Estat Foster. That's right. You tuned into another episode of the Viewers Anonymous podcast, where we give you our very own reviews and takes of movies and TV straight out of Hollywood. What's going on with you, Brody? Man, I can't call it, man. I am. I'm so glad to be back in the lab. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's been it's been a long week, man. I was a uh, I was under the weather, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying, waking up and got them, not cold sweats, but got them, dude, I'm talking about, there was two nights where, like, I woke up in the middle of the night just drenched, my guy, like, yeah. only thing that would make me feel good was just cold air, dude, like, it was just, yeah. I was just, yeah, it was, it was, it was bad, it got bad, so, but uh, I toughed it out, I worked through it, um, but you know, it was just it was just an odd week, man. Not not being in the lab putting together a pod, though, man. But uh, but I'm back, feeling good. Glad to be back in. Glad to be back on with you. But I'm good, though, man. How you feeling? Everything good with you? Oh man, everything is great, man. I have no complaints. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Just I've been working, working, working like crazy. Uh, the you know what was crazy was we had talked about taking this week off. We never announced it though, cause um. I think we both kind of forgot, but uh, so we took that week off, and man, I was I was working. I'm talking about my my poor car. <laughs> I don't know how many miles I put on that car that last, uh, last week, man. But um, that's when you had hit me up. I was like, man, I'm I'm out here sick, man. And I was like, damn, my dog down, man. You know what I'm saying? I can't believe they didn't got my dog, man. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, nah, man. You know what I'm saying. Everything was everything been cool. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, you know, what I'm saying sick myself, man. I had a chance to make it to my fantasy football playoffs, and I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I had to play my little cousin. Uh, he won two years in a row. You know what I'm saying. This is our third year, so he's been the only champion. And I had a chance to keep his ass out the playoffs. I couldn't pull it off, man. And what was crazy was the year before, um, his brother was the one that had the chance to do it and couldn't do it. And I had played him the week before. And then this year, um, his brother played him, and then I ended up playing him in the last game. So hopefully, you know what I'm saying, they they get his ass out of here because I don't want to hear him talk about three rings. I don't want to hear none of that shit. Um, <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying, I'm, I'm fighting – I'm fighting not to be, uh, you know what I'm saying, the the last place this year. <clears throat> but, um, man, let me tell you something, bro. 
I do got to commend you, though. I got to give you credit. You know what I'm saying? Because, uh-huh. you know, delivering boxes and packages and all that shit is, is not for the week. You know what I'm saying? I, I told you guys, you know what I'm saying? I jumped on with Amazon. I finally did my my first couple deliveries and god damn <laughs> it was uh <laughs> it was a hassle that that second one was definitely a hassle so i gotta salute you for that man for doing that shit for as many years as you done did it is impressive you know what i'm saying that's the, the that's really the that's really a, a loss for words word but it's very impressive i gotta give you credit because fuck that <laughs> appreciate it man listen man i am last month made it made it 15 years officially 15 years man i've been at, uh, i mean i was delivering packages before then you know what i'm saying just working for other companies or whatever but uh been doing it a long time man it's, it just now became a part of life for me man so it's just like but you are right though, like, so, dude. I could tell. I could look at people like when they come through the door and be like, "Yeah, he ain't gonna make it." <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, man. So, um, uh, all right. So we back. You know what I'm saying? We back again. Um, we finishing the year out. Uh, man, we have a doc this uh episode man and it is about none other than uh the one and only sylvester stallone um this doc came out this year 2023 um you can currently watch it on netflix i believe that's the only place you could watch it i believe this is a netflix production um but it's basically uh a view of sylvester stallone's career from beginning to end well it technically hasn't ended so from beginning to current um but it's interesting though because it's through the lens of rocky and i think that i watched this twice all right so i want to i want to go ahead and just hit this off because i watched this twice so um the first time i watched it you know just my my first overall thought was they should have just made this the goddamn rocky documentary Cause I'm like, that's all they fucking talked about. And then I was like, well, let me, you know, let me rewatch it. Cause we had the time too. So I said, let me rewatch it and make sure I'm not missing nothing. You know, just in case I see some things or whatever, it's always good to give it, you know what I'm saying? A second view. And I was totally wrong. This is, it, it, it wasn't necessarily, um, <clears throat> excuse me, based too much on Rocky. I think the overall theme of it was because of his um his acting the writing the production and everything of rocky i think we view him at his best in that moment and i think they were kind of comparing everything he's done since that because they like you know they showed everything in the beginning and showing him working with uh henry winkler and you know they talked about how he was doing um like extra work and stuff like that so eventually he kind of got his um you know he finally kind of got his chance with rocky and he they talked a lot about how he basically made rocky everything that it was and what you know, what he he did now oh, I, I, yeah. I don't mean to cut you off but no, go ahead, go ahead. My 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 interpretation of it, he didn't even get a chance with Rocky. 
Right. What like my interpretation of it was he was getting only he was only getting cast as an extra or a thug. Yeah. So he was like, yo, like I have other sides of me that I want to, you know, portray in the film. Mm-hmm. And so he was just like, yo, nobody's gonna give me a chance. So I'm gonna create my own chance and I'm gonna start mm-hmm. writing. And so he was talking about how he came up with the ideas of like the whole Rocky thing. And then he was like, then it was like, yo, I want to turn it into a love story. So he wrote it. So mm-hmm. he wrote Rocky, but the crazy part about it was the film industry tried to pay him to go the fuck away. They tried to give him $250,000 to be like, look, just you give us your script, but we want somebody else to do it. Yo, so yeah. They didn't that, even that want him. crazy. They were saying, because they, I think they, they had mentioned, um, oh, who did they mention? It was, uh, uh, what, um, um, I forget who it was. Why well, am I about to say Highlander? Who was in Highlander? Uh, I know who you're talking about. I don't think it was him, though. The, the dude that played James Bond. Which the, James Bond? The, the Irish one. Or Scottish um, one. Uh, not Pierce, but... Uh, no, not Pierce Brosnan. Um, the old, old um, James Bond. Yeah, I know who you're he talking was, about. like with Captain J.D. Jones. When they were still uh, in shit. I was about to say Kevin Costner. <laughs> no, uh, um, Sean Connery. Sean Connery. Yeah, it wasn't him though. But that, I don't know why I was thinking of Sean Connery. It wasn't Sean Connery. It was somebody else then. But yeah, but the name yeah. that they were naming was like the big action people at the time. Yeah. And so I had kind of, <clears throat> I kind of understood why they felt that way because it was like we we have this story. And it makes sense to put this out, especially around the time that they put it out. But what I thought was interesting was, for him at least, you know, like he said, he didn't he didn't write this for anybody else but himself. So eventually, he gets to okay, they do the movie right, but as they're doing the well, as they're starting the production of the movie and everything, and they're trying to find the people who um are going to be in these movies what was interesting was how the people that initially were supposed to be in it they all just start dropping out like they said like ken norton was supposed to be apollo creed he dropped out and then um i forgot who the other role was he was out um they didn't even want him to be in it they didn't even want sylvester stallone to be in it but he ended up in it then Carl Weathers ended up being in it. And then um I forgot the lady named Talia. Um oh uh, what's her name? Talia Shire. She was in it. She but he said that when she walked in, he instantly knew like this is the one. This is this yep. is exactly who Adrian is supposed to be. So I thought that was interesting. The fact that he was able to, you know what I'm saying, like kind of get the people in there, and then the fact that he was talking to um one of his friends as he was writing it and as he's writing it he's putting it together and he lets her read it as she's you know because she's typing it up for him and as she's typing it and reading it she's like yo i really i I hate rocky he's too brutal you know what i'm saying he's too angry it's like how is he a hero so then you know he's sitting there talking to her and she's like you know 
he needs, a, you know, he like, well, shit, what if he, what if he had a girl? And she like, well, you know, that that'd kind of be cool. And he like, all right, then. So what if he wasn't a boxer? What if he was trying to be a boxer? She was like, well, you know, that'd be cool too. And that made everything. That yeah. that made the whole story because for for those who have watched Rocky and followed the series, you know that really Rocky is a love story. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And but you also know that Rocky is really just a movie about triumph. It ain't even really a boxing movie. It's none of this shit. It's just about this dude who's really trying to find himself and overcome all of these hurdles to find out who he really is. Because in the first Rocky, he's battling with, you know what I'm saying, the whole fighting thing. And then in the second Rocky, he's battling with going back to fighting. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting, the way that he broke it down and the way he talked about it. I was like, man, that's, that's you know what I'm saying, pretty cool to know. Like, he was really, you know, behind the scenes, like, doing everything you know what I'm saying, with this movie. And then eventually the success is really all credited to him because he's the reason all of this shit worked. So I, I that was, man, I, I had no idea. I had no idea just how amazing he was, you know what I'm saying, with writing skills and, and storytelling and stuff like that. Because when you see him, you don't see, you know what I'm saying? That side of Sylvester Stallone, you always see him in action movies or something like that. You never really see him. Well, later on, you do, of course. But like in that time, at his height, we never seen him in that light. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree with you. And and I think that to hear about like the things that he was in beforehand, you know, with Henry Winkler and all that type stuff, where he was just really freelancing stuff. You know what I'm saying? Because he was just like his personality, like people couldn't like write his personality. So he just kind of winged a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he ended up doing with the Rocky shit. And for Rocky to still be going and for it to be perceived the way that it is, the way that he put it together, for him to write, direct it, and star in it. And then like the one guy that was on here that was saying, he was like, yo, the the most fascinating thing about Sylvester Stallone is the fact of like first of all he wasn't the first to do this but he was right. like he was the first person to become a star to do yeah this. that was Tarantino Tarantino was talking about how he uh how he was literally like at his height you know what I'm saying like he was the the, the man and he literally was doing all of this you know what I'm saying putting this together and and literally directing acting writing you know what i'm saying like I, I what i what i thought was to his improv skills yes i don't think he really gets enough credit for that because when they broke that scene down where he was talking to uh up talking to mickey i think that's the uh trainer's name he's talking to yeah. mickey and that one scene and they going back well they really didn't even go back and forth mickey was like yo let me be your trainer he was like yo you know i've been asking you to be my trainer forever you know, and now that you're down bad, you want me to, you know what I'm saying, give you some help. I can't do it. And then as Mickey walking down the stairs, he arguing, like he yelling, getting out his frustrations. And then you see Mickey leave out and he comes to get him. And they're breaking that down. Like they're talking about, well, he's actually breaking it down. And he's talking about how he put all that together and what, you know what I'm saying, everything meant. Um, I thought that was super interesting because that whole scene was about his dad. 
You know what oh, I'm saying? I got like, a lot we, to say about his dad. Yeah, we got to get into that. We got to. Um, because I really want to hear your opinion on this because I got a, a very, very, uh, a very different. Well, I don't know, but I, I, I just from what I've seen about his dad is crazy. I, I got an opinion on that though. But, but from from him using that, you know, what I'm saying those memories of his dad and that anger with his dad. He, you know, that's what he used to get that out because I think he said like the first time they shot it, it was all improv, but it wasn't the camera wasn't rolling. So they had to recreate the scene. And so for that scene to come out the way it did, it kind of make you wonder what that first scene, like that first shot could have been. But then again, it's like, damn, for them to come up with that type of magic, just, you know what I'm saying, off the out the blue is, damn, he's, he's great at improv, bro. But let's get into his dad, though. What, what, Yo, <laughs> how you feeling dad, about his pops, bro? Yeah, his pops. Is wilding, my guy. So, for yeah. the people who don't know, like Frank Stallone was, you know, he he was, you know, a barber turned hairdresser because he thought that he could make more money and you know being a hairdresser and all this type of stuff. Mm -hmm. But you know what I'm saying. But what his mom did, she really brought in like the money or whatever, whatnot. But they, you know, they fought a lot, all this type of stuff, and then they ended up. Um, being so busy that Frank and Sylvester had to stay in boys' homes most of the time because mm -hmm. their parents were just never there. And it was like when they was there, it was very toxic. So then they ended up getting a divorce in which, dude, I've never even heard of this happening. Maybe it happened more back in those times. Mm -hmm. But so the dad goes to Maryland and the mom goes to Philadelphia, but Frank go with the mom. It's supposed to go with the dad. It's like, what the fuck? Y'all split the siblings up? Like, yeah. I ain't never heard no shit like that before. And right. so he's down there with his dad, and he was like, yo, like his dad, you know, got in the horses, but he was like, but the horses were very sick. They wasn't good horses and shit. So he get into polo. And then he starts talking about how he got really good at polo. But, dude, when he told that story about when he was out there playing really well, he was like his dad yelling at him from the, from the stands. And this, he says dad comes in the middle of the fucking game, grabs him by his throat, and throws him off the fucking horse and walks the horse off. In the middle of a fucking game. Yeah. And so then he got to talking about, like, how abusive mentally and physically his dad was to him and things like that. You know, he ended up getting kicked out of a lot of schools and, you know what I'm saying, all types of shit like that. But anyway, but to get to, like, his dad, it was just, like, for his dad to just to be flat-out jealous of this dude. And Sylvester being, I guess, quote-unquote, the good son, always trying to give his dad a shot, even though, you know what I'm saying, he keeps disappointing him, just like that solid film that he put him in. He was mm -hmm. like, yo, you, you you enjoyed this whole scene of killing me too much. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then he gives his dad another shot at the polo shit. And his dad shits on him again. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, and then just verbally some of the things that he would say to him. It was just to to have a person that is your seed. Like, I've always looked at it like. I always want 
my kids to be in a better place than I was, especially mm-hmm. like at my age, like I'm, I'd be 39 next month. Like it, when they're 39 or whatever, I want them to be 10 times better than I was. And I'm going to teach them all the mistakes that I've made. So I'm saying, so you don't make these same mistakes. Mm-hmm. But if my kids be in a place where I want them to be, I'm not going to be fucking jealous of them. Right. I'm going to be proud of the job that I did. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I just feel like for his dad to be the way that he was and to hold this resentment for someone who who figured it out, you know what I'm saying? Who who was able to get into an industry where literally nobody fucking really wanted him. Like he wasn't right. wanted. Everybody said you don't have the look, you don't have the voice, none of that shit. And for him to, I wanted to say this earlier, but he literally wrote his own path. We don't yeah. see that. Yeah. We don't see somebody go into acting and everybody's like, you don't have the face, you don't have the voice, we just ain't gonna cast you. And then you come up with your own idea. And even though you come up with your own idea, they still don't want you to do it. They want to pay you mm-hmm. $250,000. Just give us the script and you go away. It's like for Sylvester to be here, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I was his dad, I, I couldn't be nothing but proud of him. Right. But he was jealous of him. Dude. It is, it's so odd, man. But what, what, I mean, I, I, I'm interested to hear what, what you okay. was thinking that I was going to say about the dad, because... I didn't see it as jealousy. Okay. Um, I seen it as resentment. You know what I'm saying? Um, remember, he was born in what 1946. This right after the war. You know what I'm saying? This is when you know misogyny is at an all-time high, patriarchy is at an all-time high, and his dad is trying to provide for a family, and he's not doing it. You know what I'm saying? Then he's in an uncommon profession for a man at the time. Because remember, he was saying that my dad was in, he did quote-unquote cosmetology. Basically, his dad was a fucking hairdresser. And at the time in 1945, 1946, in the 50s, it wasn't cool for no man to be no fucking hairdresser. Like, let's be real. And so I think his dad was kind of battling this this self-image and this internal struggle that he probably had and after because even when frank would talk about the relationship between his mom and dad how his dad and the mom would just be constantly arguing 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 and you know like he would say like yo i would come home and put my book bag down and it'd be like a fucking argument i'm walking into and even then like you know he they would be talking about like you know Sometimes not even coming home, going to do other shit and then coming home. You know what I'm saying? And then, like you said, eventually they just weren't even at home. They was going to live in boys' homes. And so I think what ended up happening is after World, because I'm trying to remember if World War II or World War One was the, I want to say World War One was the Great Depression because that's the 20s and shit. So that's the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. World War II. This is, you know, 
people are actually signing up for the draft. Like niggas is, you know what I'm saying? Like this is the quote unquote manly man time. Like when niggas is like, what? Going to kill Nazis? Let's go do it. You know what I'm saying? Like that type shit. And for his dad to still be back home trying to take care of a family in New York, being in a profession that he probably didn't even want to be in to begin with, trying to make money that he probably wasn't making. And then, you know what I'm saying, to have a wife who um, was like this model and this, you know what I'm saying, like this beautiful woman who even at the time of getting pregnant was like, yo, I don't want to have this baby. You know what I'm saying? So to see that and hear that, because even when he was talking about how like he went where he when he was or during his birth, remember, he was birthed at like a a charity home or some shit that he called it. He wasn't even birthed at a hospital. So all his life, he's had to deal with adversity. You know what I'm saying? Even when he was born, something was wrong with him. So like his face was, you know what I'm saying? I think it was like slightly paralyzed or whatever. Yeah. Caused him to talk the way that he talked. So he from birth, he's constantly had to to fight, to fight, to fight, to fight. And he's always overcome it. And then you got his dad who has to deal with the same fucking thing, but he's not being, you know what I'm saying? He's not successful. And in that time, you know, it it wear it'll wear down on you. You know what I'm saying? As a man, you know, to to know this is the way you're supposed to be, blah, 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 so on and so forth. And then to see, you know what I'm saying, this smaller version of you actually getting the success that you may feel like you're supposed to get, actually doing the things you feel like you're supposed to do. So I feel like when they split up and then they moved or whatever, and he he had Sylvester or whatever. And the the horse thing and, the, you know, what I'm saying like grabbing him off the horse and all that shit. I think that wasn't I think I don't think that was really like jealousy. I think it was just like one of those moments where he realized this motherfucker is going to be greater than me. And I don't I don't think that he wanted that even when they got older and, you know, what I'm saying they had. E entertainment and all them out there on the polo ground and he bought the farm and he had the polo game and he was you know he was busting ass in the polo game and his dad hit him with the cheap shot you know what i'm saying like i think that his dad never got over the fact that his son was becoming what he wanted to become and i just mean that in just success not necessarily being an actor or whatever but his son wanted had become what he wanted to become as far as just being successful overall and i don't think that he ever really got over that you know what i'm saying like i don't never i don't ever think that he could could just fathom the fact that here i am struggling here i am fucked up i'm busting my ass nothing is going right for me and he's getting everything you know what i'm saying like i would i really wish they would have did like a deeper dive into his parents though Cause I think that shit is that was crazy to hear about the shit that his dad was doing, and the fact that you know what I'm saying Frank growing up with the mom, what I what I did find interesting too though was like how Frank was talking about his mom. You know what I'm saying how Frank would talk about their yeah. mom. I'm sorry, like when Sylvester talked about their mom, he talked about how she was this this model for you know she was a cigarette girl and you know she was in the magazines with the cigarette and all that shit when frank talked about her he was like yeah she was 
she, you know, she could do hair and all that shit, but she, you know, she wasn't no better than my dad. So I, I think that that was a very, very telling thing um, about his, his upbringing was the fact that I think Sylvester kind of seen it as no matter what happens, these are my parents. Mm-hmm. And I gotta love them regardless. But I think Frank kind of seen the reality of everything. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a because I think Frank is the oldest, right? No, Frank is the younger, which is weird because he's a junior. And so, okay, so see, this is another thing too now. So now, okay, now this even to me, now this really starting to make sense is the fact that as the oldest, why are why is why aren't you Frank Jr.? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But you know what I'm saying? Your younger brother is Frank Jr. and everything else, and then you are, you know, you Sylvester. So I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they at the time they just didn't want to have a kid and he probably held on to that. Because it seemed as if like they just didn't give a fuck about kids. <laughs> like I mean, nigga, obviously. Yeah, I I I know y'all niggas is here. I mean, eat some cereal. I got to go to work. I see y'all when I see y'all. Like that's what it seemed like, and it, it's fucked up because, you know, luckily it worked out for him. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like you said, he was he grew up sleeping in bus stops and 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 on fucking stoops and you know and, and train stops and shit. But you know he. He he's always had to fight in his life, so to I guess for him it was it was nothing that he felt like he couldn't overcome. I think his dad though, like I don't know, man. I just feel like his dad just always looked at him like, "How fucking dare you get everything that's owed to me?" I think that's kind of how his dad looked at it because the way that the way that they talked about it, that's the way for me at least. That's how I took it. Was just like his dad was like, yo, there's no fucking way you deserve all this shit and I don't. I can I can see that. I mean, but I, I, I do think that 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 can be a lot of things. I think that that mm-hmm. can be resentment, that can be hate, that could be yep. jealousy. You know I mean? it, 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 jealousy. It it could be all envy. It could be a lot of yep. those things because he's like, yo, like I went to the war, I had to deal with shit that you didn't have to deal with. Right, you know what I'm saying, and he's probably looking at it like, "Well, your life remotely easy compared to mine." Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? To so the things that I had to do, and and I just think that as a parent, like that's how it is sometimes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like sometimes you have kids, you know, whether it wasn't planned, so maybe you had a dream that you was like, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna have to lay my shit down. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So my kids could be able to fulfill the things that they want to fulfill, and not deal with the things that I had to do. Absolutely. And I think that that's one of those things where it's just kind of like that's just something that you got to let go. And I think that, you know what I'm saying, that Frank Sr. didn't let it go. And I let think he go. was just looking at Sylvester like, yo, like, this is death, bullshit. Like, he even was? when he went to go, like, even in death, like, when he went to go see his dad on the hospital bed, I'm like, well, even well, then, well, his dad was... Frank Jr. had to convince him, though. He had to convince him. Yeah. Yeah, he had to be like, "Hey, look, he's on his deathbed, man. Yeah, you're gonna regret if you don't come see him." Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I I think that polo incident is what kind of was the last straw for him. Yeah, and I don't blame him. And what and what made it it what made it so sad is the fact that you know, like he was talking about, 
you know, man, I, you know, my dad had these horses and I started having a love for horses. You know, I was, I was growing a love for horses and then, you know, polo and I was good at this shit. And then, you know, I could have, I really could have been something in polo. And then, you know, to then turn around and as you get older, you like, yo, I put you, like you said, I put you in a movie, you know, I, I come build this whole polo ground, you know, to play with you. You know what I'm saying? To to do something with you, with my dad. And, I mean, no pun intended, you stabbed me in the fucking back. Dude, literally, dude, he, he got a yeah. lifetime injury. Yeah. This motherfucker had to go get surgeries and shit. Like, exactly. he's still dealing with this shit today. To the yeah. fact that where he was on um on set, I, ah, man, was it the second expendable or the first one? Yeah, it could have been the third one. Where like they showing him in the hospital with his wife and kids, where they was like, "Yo, you got to take it easy. Like you got to stop filming for a couple of days because of this injury that you got from what your dad did to you on the polo shit." That's crazy. So his dad could have fucking potentially. I mean, he did alter his career to a point yeah. because he was saying that you know he used to do everything. Mm -hmm. But he had to use some stunts for some stunt devils for one of the expendables or whatever because of his mm -hmm. injuries. So his dad really did, in a sense, like really fuck him up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So like and that it, was crazy because his whole career really is because of his dad. Yeah. I mean, even 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 the Rocky shit. I, I, and that's why I say like like a lot of the improv shit that we was talking about earlier, like a lot of that shit. The reason why I think the Rocky movies, and that's why I think that now I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch them yeah. from like a different lens because I didn't know how personal it actually was to Sylvester Stallone. Right. Because now it's starting to feel like Sylvester literally is Rocky. That's I mean, not yeah. That's not that's not a lot of cases for people who get into franchises. Like it's usually like, yeah, we look at a person and we'd be like, oh well, you're such and such to me. Like, for instance, Tom Cruise. Like, okay, you can look at him like, yo, like, uh man, I forget what his name is in Mission Impossible, but but, but even Top Gun, you know what I'm saying? We 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 look uh -huh. at him like you're you're a maverick, you know what Ethan, I'm saying? Ethan, uh Ethan Hunt. Ethan Hunt, you know what I'm saying? But the difference is this motherfucker, he actually intertwined his real life into Rocky. Amen. And I didn't realize, I didn't realize in Rocky Five, mm -hmm. I didn't realize that was his real son. And not only was that his real son, but the fact of like that, like quote unquote argument that they had about yeah. Tommy, because what people don't know, like, so Tommy like was kind of which that was the one thing I hated about Rocky Five mm -hmm. was how he did neglect his son. Yeah. Because of this new Tommy guy just coming in the picture and he's giving Tommy all this attention. That was one thing that I noticed before I even knew about this slash shit or whatever. But mm -hmm. like I was like, why is he I don't understand like why he's doing this and didn't realize that they were dealing with this shit in real life. Yeah. He it, put that shit in the movie. But what's interesting is that you bring that up. What I and even when I go when I was watching this, I was going back and thinking about 
the Rocky movies, and you know how I feel about the Rocky movies already. So yeah, yeah, that all these movies for this nigga just to really be a loser. Um, what what's interesting is is that this whole like, and I know that he kept saying it's a love story, and I get it. It it really is, but not necessarily. Cause I, when I seen that, I was like, I know, you know, it's really the, the him and agent thing, and I get it. But the real thing to me about Rocky was always the fact that he was always struggling with who he was. It was his, it was him trying to find his identity, and I think that in Rocky Five, that was more prevalent than ever because I think the reason that he had, you know, what I'm saying, went to Tommy and and. And he was so into helping Tommy and everything was because deep down inside the fighting thing was the only thing he knew. Remember at at the first one on the first one, he was saying how um his dad was like, Yo, you know, you ain't you ain't got the brain, so you gonna have to find something to do with your body. And remember when I was on the when I was on the ice rink and he was like, you know, I'm a fighter. That's how he introduced himself. I'm a fighter. Mm-hmm. Which is true because all his life, you know, this he's literally had to, whether it be physically, metaphorically, literally, spiritually, whatever, he's always had to fight. And so I, I feel like in Rocky Five, that was the that was really prevalent because he always struggled with, you know, what I'm saying not fighting in these movies. You know, whether it was Rocky, I think it was Rocky Two where. He ended up getting fired and he downstairs in the basement. They showed that scene. He downstairs in the basement, punching the bag. And he talking to Adrian in the basement. And she like, so, I mean, what's, what you going to do? He like, shit, I was thinking about getting back in a fight. And she like, yo, nigga, you told me that you wasn't going to fight no more. But I feel like that's that's who he was at his core. You know what I'm saying? Like, And it was it was interesting to see it from that perspective when he's talking about it, because it's like. The same thing with Rocky and the fighting thing is him with with acting. You know what I'm saying? It's it's the same the same parallel. Is yo, you know, I, yeah, I write and I'm directing and all this other shit. But yo, nigga, I, I gotta act. I need to be in front of that screen because that's what I want to do. With Rocky, it was yeah, okay, I'm training and doing all this other shit. But now nah, I, I need to fight. You know what I'm saying? I I gotta I gotta get in that ring because this is what you know. This is really what I know how to do. I don't really know anything else. You know what I'm saying? I'm lost without this shit. And I think him taking in Tommy and doing all that shit that he did with Tommy was him finding his way back into that arena without necessarily being back into that arena. You know what I'm saying? And what's interesting is that if you go and watch the Creed movies. He actually found his time to say, nah, I'm cool. Because remember, he didn't even want to train Creed at first. Yeah. Or well, Apollo. Or, I mean, not Apollo. What's the nigga name? In uh, Adonis. Yeah. He didn't even want to train Adonis at first. But, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, I, I felt like at that point in time, it was... It's it's weird now knowing about this shit now because now like at this time that's his passing of the torch. Mm-hmm. Like I really don't want to train you, and I really don't want to be in this movie, but I'm gonna do this shit because of what it is. But nigga, this this your shit now. 
So I thought that was I thought that was super interesting figuring out, you know what I'm saying, that you know, that's his son and them having that argument, you know what I'm saying, and recording that argument, and that's gonna forever live in history, that moment. You know what I'm saying? Like once again, it, it goes to his improv skills. The fact that he's able to take such nuanced things, put them on film, and they become magical, especially in this universe. You know what I'm saying? Because this wasn't even the movie that was supposed to make it. He was saying how the, you know what I'm saying, motherfuckers, was, when they first seen it, they was walking out 15 minutes into the movie when they mm -hmm. did the premiere. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's so crazy how somebody can really like translate their life into something totally different and it still be the exact same thing. Yep. And I'm glad you brought that up because even Frank told him like, yo, this movie is either going to make your career or it's going to break it. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? And, and, and it didn't look promising in the beginning. Like you mm -hmm. said, people got to walking out. People didn't really fuck with it and all that type shit. And then that shit really caught on. And I think it caught on because I think it was it was authentic. And I think the most perfect thing that he did, and a lot of people don't do this, was the fact that he lost to Apollo that in that first one. I think if he would have won, I think people would have been like, oh, see, that's that Cinderella bullshit. You know what I mean? And, like, and what's crazy is he when he talked about making fist, right? Mm -hmm. That was the same thing that he complained about in fist, about how at the end of it, he got killed. He was supposed to be the hero of the movie, but he got killed at the end of the movie. And he was like, Yo, you never do this. This is not how you know what I'm saying movies are supposed to go. It's supposed to be that the hero always you know what I'm saying, overcomes all the obstacles. And to me, I feel like that was I think that was the reason that Rocky was so great, right? Because you see this guy build up to this point, right? And you see him do everything that he's supposed to do. You see him, you know, making the right choices and, and getting everything together. And finally, when it comes to this big moment, he fails. But in that failure, you don't see him really fail. You really see him being this moral champion because he never gave up on who he was supposed to be. And, you know, he, he kept fighting and kept fighting and, and kept doing everything he needed to do to get to this point. But even though he didn't win like we thought he would, was going to or thought he was supposed to, he still technically won because, you know, of where he's at now. You know, so he made it all the way up until this point. Even though he had everything in front of him to stop him, he never got stopped. And I think that's what kind of made Rocky such a great movie and, and why people love it so much is because it's it really is just a tale of triumph, even though you know like through this whole thing he's he's battling you know like i said who he is he eventually gets to the point to where he's he finally arrives you know what i mean and and that's what that's i think that's what got people especially at that time like that's what was that was everything for people because i feel like if he would have won 
like you said, it was all the Cinderella story. The, of course, he was going to win. And, but I feel like because he didn't win, it made it that much sweeter. So the next time that they fought, you know what I'm saying? He, You knew he was going to be a little bit better. You knew that next time that he had the opportunity, he had the chance to, you know what I'm saying? Like now, you know, this is his opportunity to win. But I also think it was great because look at that and look how it set everything up later on down the line. Yeah, and and the one well two points before we you know what I'm saying move because I think we do there's some other shit that we need to get into. But like yeah. the the for the second one to end the way that it did to the mm-hmm. fact that they both get knocked out. Yeah, and then Rocky just happened to get up before the ten count. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't a clear cut win. Right. It was just like both of them on the ground, and he just happened to get up before Apollo did. So it mm-hmm. was just like it was a slight win. But I think the uh, for I know you know about this movie, and I think that they I think that they got this from the Rocky shit, the Great White Hope. Yeah, that was the same fucking shit. You like. You got the you got the black character, which is Damon Wayans. He's mm-hmm. like, fuck this. I ain't training. Like, why they hyping up this white dude, putting him on the pedestal. That's we the see that Woody Harrison, right? No, it wasn't Woody Harrison. It was uh not Ethan Hawk. Uh oh man, what's the dude's name? Peter Bird. It was Peter okay. Bird. Okay. So Peter Bird, he's training. He's the he's the lovable story. They go into I mean, my man Damon Wayans come out with Method Man and shit. Yeah. He would give it. He got the beer belly. Nobody liked my dude, and like everybody cheering for the white guy. Mm-hmm. And then he hit him in the face one good time. He's like, "What the fuck, man?" He beat his ass. Yeah. Hey, but it was so fucking funny. <laughs> hey, that's just all time movie, man, that nobody talk about. Yeah. Fucking great white hope. That shit was hilarious. Because we all rooted for the white guy. Mm-hmm. Just because we seen him training, David yeah. Wayne, he's sitting on his ass eating fucking Cheetos and shit. Like, I ain't training for this fight. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you want the person that put the work in to win. And then mm-hmm. it's like, you just ain't good enough, my guy. Period. Yeah. So, but no, uh, I think um, Honest Wesson had brought up a huge point. How many people we know not only did, but written and starred in three fucking franchises, my guy? Okay, that's where I was confused. So he got Rocky, Rambo, and what's the third one? Expendables. All right, man. <laughs> okay. They're about to do the fourth one, dude. I, I feel you, but okay, bro. <laughs> So, so you don't you don't count expendables. Expendables don't count. Hey, bro, dude, they about to do the expendables is up there with with Fast and Furious to me, bro. Dude, they about to do the fourth one, yo. Fifty cents in this. I one. don't care if there's on. <laughs> Man, ain't all right, bro. Never mind, cause I I do enough hating on this motherfucker. But come on, fam. The way he talked about it, though, because when he said that shit at the beginning, I'm sitting in my head. I am baffled. Okay, <laughs> I am. I am going through IMDb. I'm googling all kind of shit. I'm like, what is this third franchise that this nigga's speaking of? Because in my head, right, 
I'm thinking of Rambo, Rocky. I'm thinking of the classics. I'm like, man, yeah, damn, I forgot about Rambo and the. What is this third one? The Expendables. <laughs> my yes, the Expendables, man. Expendables. Well, he got all the he got all the action stars all in one film, and I, and I still to this day, yo, I do no, not know no, why. No, 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 no. We. <laughs> we gotta what, go expendables first and foremost. Hold on, which one? The first one? I don't know, but one of them had Terry Crews in there. What that's yeah, that, the first one. They should he shouldn't have been in there. So been in there, man. I don't know, man. I don't know. The the Terry Crews thing threw me off. I'm like, why is Terry Crews in this movie? He's not an action star. Nothing about this. He's nigga never movie. been an action star. He's a comedian. He's always done comedic shit. You know what I'm saying? So for him to have done the the fucking Expendables was wild to me. That it that just turned me off to it. And on top of that, it was just it was what was it? Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone, old ass. Then they had Bruce Willis in there. Yeah, Bruce um, Willis, uh, Jet Li, Dolph Jet Li. Uh, Lundgren. Yeah, Dolph um, Lundgren. Eric Rock. Um, Steve Steve Austin was in it. See, that's what I'm saying. That's not Stone Cold. Didn't really do. He wasn't an action star. He did action movies, but he wasn't. Mickey Rourke was in it. Who? Mickey uh, Rourke. Yeah, Mickey Rourke did some action movies. I wouldn't count Mickey Rourke as an action star either, but I mean, some people would, I guess. Uh. Wasn't uh, uh Jason Statham was in it? Jason Statham, yep. Uh, um, he was in it. See, Chuck that's why Norris the second one Chuck Norris was in one, but he didn't do shit. Yeah, he didn't do shit. And uh and like Arnold 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 he ended up coming and then like you know in the second one and Wesley Snipes came in the second one. Wesley Snipes makes sense. Chuck Norris Jet Lee should not be in it. Ooh. Cause they were Jet Li should be in it. They was kung fu movie stars. They weren't action movie stars. It's okay, okay. And I forgot Liam Liam uh, Hemsworth was in the second one. John Claude Van Damme came in the second one. John Claude, uh yeah, yeah. John Claude definitely should be in it. You want to know who wasn't in it? Who? That fake ass Patrick Swayze. What's his name with the ponytail? Um, <laughs> Steven Seagal. Yeah, Steven Seagal. Yeah, boy, you hate Steven Seagal, but that's so funny. No, bro. He, his ass wasn't in it. Yo, that is hilarious, boy. You, you hey, hate I do Seagal. like the fact they made John Claude Van Damme a villain, though. Yeah, because he's always he's always on the good side, man. Yeah, that was hard. I did like that though. But outside of that, though, nah, man. I he let's say two franchises. Let's not say three. Man, you gotta stop, man. You gotta stop. Ain't nobody fucking right. with like that, bro. Oh wait a minute. Okay, so so the fourth one, like I said, Fifty Cent is in this one. I don't know why they put Megan Fox in here. I guess that's just why is Fifty Cent in the Expendables. He looked like an action star. Movie star, bro. That's Dude, what I'm saying. Why? Andy it's Garcia is in here. Who? Andy Garcia. Andy Gar. 
Yeah, Andy Garcia. Uh, Andy Garcia was in like comedy movies, wasn't he? Nah, what he's always like, he's always like an FBI agent or some shit. Okay, I'm thinking of Jerry Garcia. Never mind. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of the the older guys are out of this. I mean, Jason Statham and Dolph Lundgren, like he's still in it, but like, like this is really like a newer crew. You know what I'm saying? Man, they got the dude. Did Did you ever see uh Did you ever see Mile Twenty Two? No, I don't think so. Uh, cause this dude, this new uh Chinese guy, he plays Snake Eyes. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. he he's he's in this one. He's in this one too. Yeah. Uh, in the fourth one that's about to come out. Yeah. Look, man, I I feel I feel you, but at the same time, I mean, we just haven't seen this done in this way. Where you but, are producing it, you're writing it, and you're starring in it too. No, to yeah, have three no, franchises, like on, I, I hear you, I hear you, I know you being funny and all that type stuff, but but still, like, yo, like that's crazy. It is, like, it really is. I mean, for because didn't he, uh, didn't he do the jail movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yeah, uh, escape plan. Escape plan. Yeah, I thought those was good. Those was real good. Yeah, those were good. Those too, but those was real good. Um, I don't. I mean, yeah, that's unprecedented, man. I I respect them for it. You know what I'm saying? Um, jokes aside, though, Expendables is you know what I'm saying a good movie. Um, I haven't seen. I don't think I seen the third one, but the first two was good. Um. But this, I don't know, because it's like, to me, right, because they talked about him doing the action thing, and they were saying, like, at one point in time, we just looked at him as, like, this walking, talking action figure, right? Uh And to me, I felt like he shouldn't have been, like, out of place in that, right? With the success of Rambo, I thought that he was going to be an action star like for him to be an action star made sense to me he did rocky yeah he did a lot of acting in rocky that's cool rambo rambo he ain't really do too much acting he was just killing niggas left and right which to me made rambo great because it's like that's the whole purpose of the movie right mm-hmm. i think that because of his look because of his his um his voice you weren't going to get him in too many um you weren't going to get him in too many movies to where he was really just going to be you know the the lead man anyway um even in like the copland movie when they're when they're talking about that and they talked about the scene with him and robert de niro and he had the you know he had the moment where he talking to de niro or whatever and then de niro give him something back and he like this is this is it yeah this is the one I mean, truth be told, man, I really have a hard time even, like, seeing it through his eyes because growing up and being a consumer of his movies, to me, my favorite movies are the action movies. I appreciate, the like, the little, like, I know the time they were talking about where he was kind of out of place doing, like, the comedies and stuff like that. But even those, I really wasn't 
too mad at because like I like for me at least I like to see actors out of those elements right I think sometimes the funniest actors are the actors who especially in comedies are the actors who don't usually do comedies like if you go watch Wedding Crashers right mm-hmm. and you watch Christopher Walken Christopher Walken to me is the funniest person in that movie because he's so out of place with everything he's doing he's being Christopher Walken and he's he's playing the role he's supposed to play but it's so funny because he's out of place in the movie you don't normally see him in comedy movies you know what I'm saying like you don't normally see him do this thing he's more of a, a drama guy or you know what I'm saying um or or you know like something around that area but to see him in a comedy I thought this is refreshing this is something good because we you know you don't get to see it i felt the same way about seeing sylvester stallone in some of the excuse me some of the comedy movies that he was in so for instance like when he was i I know he did like one of the spy kids movies where he was the villain i thought he did great in that because you don't see him in that type of you know what i'm saying like movie so to see him in something like that to me is refreshing because it's like after a while, yeah, you can't get bogged down being in all of these action movies and keep, you know, this is all you're doing is act, you know, action, action, action. I mean, look at Arnold Schwarzenegger. Every goddamn thing he was doing for a minute was action. And yeah. I think he tried his hand at something else. Like he, I, he tried to do the True Lies thing to me, which is really kind of his one of his best movies for sure. And you know, he tried to do his acting in that, but it was like, nigga, get a gun and shoot something. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, fuck all of that. Get a gun and shoot something. And I felt like for a minute, that's how he looked at Sylvester Stallone. Like, yo, get a gun and shoot something. Make something blow up. Like, nigga, this is, this is what you is. But I mean, if without that, though, do we still revere Sylvester Stallone the same way that we do now? If he doesn't have that, you know what I'm saying? That, that, space of action movies because what else was he going to do in that time you know what i'm saying yeah i understand that i do but like i i do like how but i i think that sometimes when you're criticized for things and you are doing a documentary it's only great to acknowledge it mm-hmm. and for him to go into that part of the documentary and be like yo like i tried to do something different mm-hmm. and it didn't work what i didn't like about it was how they threw demolition man in there i was like yo i fuck with demolition man and a, a lot of people that i know yeah you know i'm saying like demolition man i so, think at the time it wasn't as well received as it is now though yeah, it, it might have been one of those ones where you, where you look back at it and be like, that shit ended up being better than we thought. Absolutely. Now, granted, the person who stood out, obviously, was, you know what I'm saying, Simon Phoenix. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, it really was a situation where it was like, I mean, honestly, the people who made the movie was Wesley Snipes and fucking Sandra Bullock just being just mm-hmm. fucking naive to every goddamn thing that just made the shit funny because it's mm-hmm. like, yo... Like, how can you be this naive? Like, you know what I'm saying? And I think that's what ended up making it better. But, I, I you know, I, when I look back at Demolition Man, it's, yo, Demolition Man is fucking dope, man. It's, like, it's a great movie. 
And but they but they end up putting it in that part where it was just I think that Sylvester was like, yo, this is out of my element of what I what I normally do. And mm. maybe it didn't do as well as I thought that those movies were gonna do. So he I think it was just one of those situations where he tried to do something different and the shit didn't work. And then he went into Copland, like you brought up Copland. That was one of those movies where he wanted to be perceived as a quote unquote good actor, mm-hmm. but it it didn't hit in the box office sense. Now, depending on who the people are, there are people who really revere the movie Copland. Yeah, where they're like, "Yo, Copland is like, you know, what I'm saying one of his like, uh, I think, uh." Tarantino said it. Yeah, Tarantino <laughs> was saying he was like that's he was like that's the like. Some of Stallone, like best work was in Copland. Yeah. So, but I just think that Copland just wasn't revealed. I think the reason why, because the people who were in it, mm-hmm. you would have thought that it would have been better. See, I think it's more so of a thing that with a movie like that, at least, is it more important to have the acceptance of the consumer or is it more important to have the acceptance of your peers yeah and i feel like the people that talked about copland they gave it they 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 raved about it tarantino talked about it he talked about how amazing that movie was and and i feel like amongst your peers sometimes that's really where you want to look to to see whether or not something is good or not. Um, because usually the masses, they they usually go with whatever they're told to go with, right? Yeah. For instance, you had all of these people ranting and raving about this Barbie movie. Meanwhile, you had a movie that Christopher Nolan put out in Oppenheimer that didn't get as much attention. And the only attention it really got was because it came out the same day that Barbie came out. Now, is Barbie a better movie than Oppenheimer? I highly doubt it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm willing to go as far as to say no. But I'm sure Barbie did better than Oppenheimer in the box office, even though they put up hella numbers both of them respectively i still feel like barbie did better because people are more and you know more likely to go with the thing that they're told to go with now if i'm sure if you go throughout hollywood and you ask the people who've seen them both and say which one would you have preferred to go see barbie or oppenheimer i'm sure they nine times out of ten gonna tell you i would have rather watched oppenheimer um but i think that's just a thing that um, because like I said, people are kind of told what to do and the masses usually follow the trail that Copland might have been possibly his best movie, hands down. Might have been better than Rocky and Rambo and everything else he's ever done, but it wouldn't matter because you know at least the way he was putting it, it didn't matter because it didn't get the success at box office. Even though, you know, your peers are telling you, hey, this shit is amazing. I'm with you. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. 
I feel like a lot of times, especially when you're in that creative space, though, you do that. You know what I'm saying? You don't really because it, it could be people that do the exact same thing you do and they could tell you how amazing it was and how great it was and how awesome it is. But if the people don't fuck with it, then we'll feel like it was a failure. And we I think a lot of times we gotta get out of that and we can't do that to ourselves because we ended up or we end up cheating ourselves out of continuing something that's great. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I think he could have continued to go down that lane and found ways to eventually, because not for nothing, like after watching this, like this motherfucker is a cinema genius. He is a yeah. cinematic genius. I'm talking about to be able to act because when they when they was talking about the movie that he did with Henry Winkler. And they were, he was like, yo, just can you let me improv? And then after a while, like he improv, but then he started writing the movie. For him to be acting with one role, reading the lines, to ask the improv, after improving, eventually start rewriting shit, that that's a different skill. Like that, that's like it's that's really some unheard of shit. It I don't think it's too many people that have done that. I've never heard a story like that for him to to be to see to have that vision of, oh, this character would be better if I did this or this character would be better if it was written this way and so on and so forth. And then to eventually have this role that people fucked with you on and gave you a chance off of. That's different. Very different. And and for them to even give him the freedom but i also think that 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 gives those people we got to give them people credit too to be like all mm -hmm. right maybe maybe i didn't do maybe to even accept that maybe i didn't do this as well as i could have right and to let someone you know what i'm saying rewrite some shit that you put together yeah and actually say you know what what you said and what you're doing is better than what i had you know yeah. what i'm saying so yeah. i i think that you got to give them a little credit too and and I think that that even though Sylvester's role was unconventional and definitely wasn't easy, um, you know, like he even talked about how when you know he left New York, he was like, "Yo, like I bought a car and I drove." You know what I'm saying? Three thousand miles. And you know, all the person wait, I knew wait. was Henry. That nigga said I bought a car for forty dollars though. Yo, that's crazy. Nigga, I wish. Yo, let me tell you something. But I, I know I follow this one thing that says like officially the eighties or officially the nineties, like little shit like yeah. that. And dude, they showed this ad in the paper, my guy, where it was a house. The fucking house was in the paper, and the house was some shit like it was something crazy, like like twelve thousand dollars, and like the mortgage was like. 50 like, bucks. Yeah. <laughs> it was so crazy. I'm like, yo. That's a fucking shit. I'm like, yo, what is going on with the world, yo? Like, like you yo, can't apartment for $12,000 nowadays. Man, I'm telling you, man, it was so crazy. But yeah, bought a car for $40. He said he drove all the way to California and that shit broke down on, <laughs> on Rodeo Boulevard. Break down in the area Henry Winkler was at. That's well, he that's was at, and no, and then did you hear 
where he got his first, uh, he said his first broke down house. Do you remember what the street was called? Balboa. Balboa Avenue. Yeah, that was dope. That was dope. Yep. I mean, all in all, I think what this documentary really uh, showed was just the fact that, you know, this was just a testament to how resilient Sylvester Stallone is. Mm-hmm. Even through birth, even through childhood, whatever, you know, like whatever obstacle was in his way, he never, you know, he, he never gave up. He never stopped and, and complained or, you know what I'm saying, put the blame on anybody else. And not only that, he always, always showed love. Even though he didn't know how to properly do it, even though it wasn't properly given to him, he found a way, you know what I'm saying, to show love. He found a way to, um, you know what I'm saying, give other people opportunities and, and put other people in positions that they probably would have never had a chance of being in. I mean, not for nothing, wasn't nobody thinking about Arnold Schwarzenegger before he came back out with the Expendables or Expendables or whatever that shit called. Nobody nobody was looking for this nigga. As soon as they did that, next thing you know, this nigga back in action movies. You know what I'm saying? This nigga gave Mr. T a chance to to be in the movie, you know what I'm saying, and, and box and shit. This nigga put Hulk Hogan in the movie. You know what I'm saying? Dolph Lundgren, who, whose career was probably on his way out, and gave that nigga another opportunity. This nigga was He Man. This nigga was everybody's favorite childhood hero. And you ain't hear nothing else about Dolph Lundgren until you know what I'm saying. This nigga was the was the Russian. You know what I mean? This nigga Ivan Drago steps on the scene with the with the flat top and beating the shit out of everybody. You know what I'm <laughs> like I, he, you can, you can see that he really doesn't get enough credit for the things that he's done in Hollywood and like the opportunities he's given people. And I think it was good to see, you know, how not only, you know, what I'm saying he did that, but not for nothing, though. The dude, he's an intelligent motherfucker. Hell yeah, any game Michael B. Jordan a fucking uh franchise. Yeah. I mean, but just like just listening to him, uh, that is now that's a big one, uh, and not just any franchise. Nigga, he gave him uh, the classic franchise. Like yep. now, that's something I ain't never seen nobody do. You know what I'm saying? Like I ain't never seen nobody turn over some shit like that. That's that is very dope. Um, but just listening to him talk, man, I was I was really thoroughly impressed. Like. Yo, like this is a very, a very, very well-read, intelligent dude. Like even, cause, for, like, <laughs> all our lives, like he always seemed like the, the even the when people make jokes about this nigga, they make him like the big dopey motherfucker. Yeah, but, like he's dumb. Yeah, but like going like when they were showing old interviews or like when he would be talking to people with through the tapes and shit, I'm like, yo, this motherfucker really is. He's that nigga. I was, I was, man, I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Never, never judge a book by its cover, man. Yes. 
Yes. That's 100%. What's up. That's what's up. All right, man. So um, are we doing fire flames? Uh yeah, we can do we can do fire, we can do flames, we can do the flames. All right, let's get into it, man. All right. Yoga, fire, yoga, flame. All right, so what are you giving this? Um, I mean, look, the the the, the information, the information, um, is a five. But as far as it, how it was put together and all that type of stuff, um, the watch value, will I go back and see it again? All that type of stuff, um. I would I would have to push it down to a four, mm. but I think that the information that was given, not knowing that stuff about his father, not knowing the stuff about, you know what I'm saying, that he was split up from his brother and and you know what I'm saying, all of the polo shit and you know, like like I said, the information, like the information that you're gonna get from this, and and the, the improv and and the you know all that type of stuff. That stuff is a five. I'm just saying the watch value for it, for me, I would have to say is about a four. Is what I would okay. give. So I'm I'm gonna go a half a notch above you. I'm gonna go four point five. Only reason I'm going four point five, because I really wanted to give this a five. Like I said, this was very eye opening. Um, but they, to me, like I said, they didn't dive enough into his mother and father. And I know this was about him and, you know what I'm saying, his career and all that stuff. But I think that it's something that should have had been said about how because of the way his father treated him, because of the split between him and his mom, you know, I mean, his father and his mom and the things that they had went through as kids and all of that pretty much culminated into him having to leave all of these schools and eventually end up at this one school that really got him into acting. I don't think it was enough, you know what I'm saying, like enough time spent on that because that's, to me, I feel like that's a documentary in itself. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go 4.5. Okay. All right, man, let's uh, jump into the coming soon. Let's do it. Soon to own on video and DVD. All right, man. This next episode we got coming to you guys is uh, a hunting in Venice. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna have to rewatch this one again because the first time I watched it, I it was kind of hard to understand what the fuck was going on. Did you? I know you said you seen this one. Did you kind of? Were you able to follow this? Uh, to to a certain extent, um, I, I mean, I I, I don't want to I don't want to give my opinions away. Yeah. Um, when it comes about it, but I was able to follow it the first time. I I didn't finish it. I pulled one of your moves. I fell asleep on it. I just, um, <laughs> respect. Uh, but you know, I went back and I watched it for a second time, and I mean, I didn't fall asleep on it, but you know. See, yeah, <laughs> when we get there, man. So, uh, <laughs> man this is going to be an interesting show next episode. Y'all make sure y'all tune in, y'all make sure y'all watch. Um, because yeah, uh, <laughs> it ain't no telling what's bound to happen. Um, but if you like this episode, if you didn't like this episode, if you two found out 
new information about Sylvester Stallone. Or if you just feel like me, Expendables is not, you know what I'm saying, a franchise that this nigga should be claiming, hit us up on socials, man. X and Instagram, at Pod. You can hit us up on Facebook, VA Pod Watch Group. You can follow us on the X Community, uh, Viewers Anonymous. And for those um, who are new to the show, we do have paid episodes that you can subscribe to. The link is going to be in the episode, this episode description or any other episode description that you um, that you listen to or watch. Um, you can join that. You can get uh, all of our other episodes that we don't have available. And not only that, all of our behind-the-scenes episodes are now going to currently be on the paid uh, platform. So make sure you do that. You don't want to miss out on those behind-the-scenes episodes. They're really, really good. So the ones that you have out there now, you can enjoy them. Um, But in future purposes, they'll be uh, under our subscription. It's only $2.99 a month. Please, please, please hit that subscribe button. And if you'd like to follow me, uh, you can do so at X at Scoots Bronson. Uh, I got a link to my bio. And you can find me everywhere else there. And y'all can find me at s.foster8 on Instagram and X um, at 28 Minutes or Less Pod. It's just on uh, IG. Follow the podcast 28 Minutes or Less. Um, new episode is out. It is episode 140. Nose out playoffs. Um, I went into a deep dive and I may have an unpopular opinion of the four that I put together, uh, how sure. I think it should have went down. It might not be unpopular. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I got that out in the world, man. And, um, just be on the lookout uh, for the episodes on all major platforms. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for watching thank you all for tuning in um like we said in the future man we got some things coming up for you next year next year is going to be a marvelous marvelous years for viewers anonymous um and if you are a listener a watcher a fan a subscriber you are too going to be along on the on the ride so get ready for it man because we coming in hot and heavy um but thank you all once again, man. Your support is greatly appreciated. Without you, there could be no us. So until the next episode, like to say in Hollywood, that's a wrap. Cut. <laughs>